Hi and welcome back everyone to another episode here on Rabbit Hole Stories, where today we've got to speak to a Bitcoin CEO. It's, it's not every day we get to speak to one. I know. Um, I think we've got through the whole Relay team, right? Um, we still have Adam left, but he just approved my inquiry via email. <laughs> so like, technically speaking, yes. <laughs> so for CEO of a huge um, European... Mm. Uh, Bitcoin exchange. He was so chill, and yeah. like he was like the definition of stay humble, stack sack. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, what I took from the episode was um, it was interesting because he started off uh, being interested in psychology, mm -hmm. and uh, it's nice to see him putting that in practice. And he he gave everyone a bit of advice about all that. So that's that was a, a nice little takeaway for me. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, I would also say, I think it was the first time we had the topic of mental health addressed in the show. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah, that's true. The, I, I had to smile a bit in the edit now uh, where I sort of went through and he was like, you know, one evening I meet with like my girlfriend, then with my friends, my family, and then I don't have any evenings more left. So I kind of <laughs> went like, oh, okay, we're, we're all the same one way or another. Um, yeah. He had a very level head with the whole Apple banning relay thing. So that was also pleasantly surprised. And um mm. Yes, Julian is sort of the stay humble and stack sets persona, if you want to look for someone. And it was definitely a great episode. If you want to know what it feels like, how to run a Bitcoin company and how sort of life at investors and, and all around it is. So um, don't want to hold you back any longer. Have fun listening in, guys, to this one with Julian. Julian, how has your day been so far? Hi, Joel. Thank you. Very good. How are you? Good. We were just before we were recording admiring the work of art behind you. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because you were saying it's from an artist over in where Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's a Silicon Valley, I think San Francisco based uh, artist. Uh, she did this for me. It's a unique uh, uh, picture, a canvas. Uh, so it's kind of like, it's really, it, it, it looks and feels valuable. It was not that expensive, but I, I really like uh, uh, the, the look and feel and touch uh, of mm. it. And I could uh, ask her to use our relay colors as well. So this is the relay blue uh, with some white and with obviously the Bitcoin orange. Um, yeah, so she really did an amazing job i think and uh it's the, the, there's no other uh, picture out there that is the same and that was really important for me especially after i got a lot of shit for the, <laughs> the, the picture that i had uh behind me before which looked like a cheap map apparently it was actually orders of magnitudes <laughs> more expensive okay. than this one but you know it's all it's all the perception is reality <laughs> so i'm very happy with the outcome now that's very true. Talking about perception and reality, um, we're, we're very interested in uh, rabbit hole stories about your journey into Bitcoin and, and, and where you're, where you are in that rabbit hole now. Um, so we like to, we like to dive in by asking people, um, how they discovered Bitcoin, when was it and what was going on in your life then? Why you chose to stay and what is it you're doing now? So maybe we can just kick off with, with doing that, Julian. Yeah, great, great series of questions. So in my case, it was 2015. Mm. Um, I was, need to calculate, I think I was like <laughs> 22, 23-ish. So I'm 30 now. Um, and it was at the beginning of my bachelor uh, studies. I was studying psychology and business administration. So it's really not like nothing to do with technology. Um, but I 
remember I was sitting in the living room with a friend of mine who actually studied uh, informatics and you know tech and he was a tech geek and so we're playing video games or something like that and he he started talking about um, Bitcoin but also other cryptocurrencies like he named Ripple Namecoin and oh and Ethereum was going to come out, uh, come out soon and he he wanted to uh, participate in the ICO of Ethereum and blah 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 and so he explained me a lot about these things and I'm like I don't get it like what what is this like from a tech perspective I had no idea but I was interested in investing in stocks and trading and finance already at that time a little bit because I was studying also business administration so he showed me on his laptop uh, like what this is all about and I was like oh oh now I get it like this is, this is basically stocks it's basically assets it's basically trading uh, speculating but and then i understood that okay all of these kind of logos that he showed me that had a price that was updating on a, in like every second um they were actually assets that had a price fluctuation and had supply and demand uh, similar like stocks and gold and real estate and bonds and all these other assets but they're digital so they only exist on the internet and they're apparently decentralized um, in nature and apparently you could trade them 24 7 without the permission of any bank or central bank or government no one could influence it like and so it's decentralized it's neutral it's borderless all that kind of stuff and it's open to everyone i was like wow this could actually be quite interesting also that this could have other use cases that just gambling just speculating just trading um and so i i, I got back home uh, really psyched um i didn't know what it was but like the principles felt really uh interesting to me and that it felt like wow this could be kind of a um an innovation that is changing how we live as a society how we trade and like an econ as an economy and how our financial system is is built globally so this could be potentially really really disruptive one of the most disruptive innovations of this century um, so more and more like this seed was planted and more and more it started to grow into not only hobby, but really also kind of where I spent a lot of time in investing and researching. Um, so I bought 500 bucks of Bitcoin. It was too complicated to do myself. So for 500 bucks, I bought one Bitcoin at that time. It was too complicated to do it myself. So I asked um this friend whether he could do it for me and he was like sure he invested in everything like in all of these coins just a little bit <laughs> but just he put a little bit like 100 bucks in all of these coins um, and he made money and lost money whatever but then i asked him to just you know bitcoin maybe five maybe one bitcoin i want to own one and then it shot up in price within uh, a week it, like plus 10 percent or 20 percent or whatever and then i said sell it sell it again sell it again um, so I thought I was the most, you know, uh, uh, smart guy in the world for making the new Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. But then I ended up with no Bitcoin again, which was stupid in hindsight. Um, but so the more I learned about it, the more I really thought like this can be an interesting uh, investment uh, on the long run. And so in 2017 is really where it clicked for me and where I was like, okay, I need to start put a, a significant amount of money if not the majority of my money into into bitcoin i traded a lot of shit coins and participated in ico so i did that i burned my fingers there as well and i learned this lesson that bitcoin is actually fundamentally different than all the other crypto assets um, and so in 2018 2019 i really also then started to uh want to really also professionally 
be involved in this in this space um and that's where i decided to leave my you know job paid well paid uh job and and uh, make myself self employed uh, with a first company where we did mainly consulting we founded the company with bitcoin as a collateral which we will, we were the first in the canton of zurich in uh, switzerland that that did that and then there's also an education course that evolved out of it, which is also an, a company now. It's basically the leading education provider for the Swiss financial sector. So for banks and asset managers, when it comes to crypto finance, it's kind of a nice, nice business still, still going that I co-founded. And then uh, I came to co-found Relay, which is obviously my, my main job and my main baby right now. Amazing. So before you even before you even did the traditional Bitcoin story, you're already a whole coiner, then got rid of the coin <laughs> yeah. and got back into it. So yeah. <laughs> that's a cool story. <laughs> you mentioned it is your baby now, Relay. And I guess what a lot of people from the outside looking in, or maybe even in the industry don't realize is a lot of these Bitcoin businesses, it's not like we have huge backers or, you know, huge financial institutions in the background, like some uh, altcoin projects do. Um, it really is being able to survive and grow out of that community and things you build. Your, your daily insight, Julian, like what goes on at, for you as a CEO at Relay? What are sort of your daily tasks? What do you need to do? Because it's not just stacking sets. It's obviously also the whole business perspective around it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if we are maybe um, positioned and built a bit differently. I, I agree with you that most of the Bitcoin only startups, they didn't really have funding. Um, they didn't build big teams. Um, they some of them or most of them didn't even want to do that or some mm. want but don't achieve it because bitcoin only is still uh, uh, much of a niche um so it, it's, it's really hard and there, there are good times when there's a bull market but there are so bad times when there's a two-year bear market like i think we are in right now um so i think most of the bitcoin only companies are really like hustlers uh, boot, they, mm -hmm. they're bootstrapping and they're doing an amazing job but they have small teams uh, with um, you know they, they're just uh, doing their their thing on a day-to-day -day. They, they're growing uh, um, uh, slower I would say mm -hmm. and we are I think we have other we have different ambitions so Relay really is going this venture capital fast growth startup route we want to be very very big we want to become a, a kind of a, a globally operating unicorn in in the next decade um, and we want to bring like millions if not billions of people into bitcoin um, so therefore we also from the beginning had a fundraising strategy like we wanted to bring angel investors uh, crowd equity and also um, venture capitalists in so we raised already more than 7 million in these three years that we are uh, live on the market and so therefore um, and we've built a team of, of 20 people uh, mm -hmm. we we are now at more than 200k app downloads seven, 70k active users we have a, a volume between 8 and 10 million a month that is invested in bitcoin like we're selling thousands of bitcoins so we we're at another uh, i think level than most of the other um bitcoin only companies not to say that this like good or bad right which is mm. like we're taking another uh, route here trying to make this really really big also taking more risks obviously um so as a day-to-day like in the day-to-day -day business for me this means that 
a big part is uh, a big part of my job is fundraising and investor mm -hmm. relations. So obviously, these people that are giving or these institutions that are giving you this uh, the, these millions, they also want to, want some reporting. They also want mm -hmm. to have a say. Uh, they they you know you have meetings with them, you brainstorm with them, you plan things, you you have strategic discussions and so forth. They're also helping a lot with making connections, um, helping to develop the business and expand the business and so forth. So that's a big part. Another big part is then like internally uh, the building and managing the team so we have 20 like rockstar employees uh you these need to be recruited um sometimes there's fluctuations so people are coming and going mm -hmm. you need to introduce new people to the team and you need to make sure that they have everything they need in terms of tools processes structures you know it's just management uh, internal meetings decisions to make um, um uh, and so forth Uh, and then to the outside, like this is inside of the business, to the outside of the business, there's a lot to do as well in kind of representing the company, doing things like this here right now, uh, you know, talking to <laughs> podcasts, talking to an audience, um, um, also doing interviews like PR, media, uh, press releases, um, uh, writing, posting online, um, just get, get the word out, uh, right? Um, We also participate in award shows and competitions. Just basically we do, or I do, everything to make Relay as a brand more known. And this is actually also a big, big part of, uh, of my job, right? And then the rest that is not filled with this is just communication, a lot of communication. So many different channels, like you can imagine every time I open my phone, it's like bling, 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 all these notifications are going crazy. So I try to do whatever I can to really respond to, to the majority of these messages and, you know, emails and just keeping, uh, keeping things going. And, uh, it's, it's super, it's a super interesting job and I haven't learned as much in my previous 27 years that I learned in the last three years doing this. So I'm super happy. It must take up so much of your mental space um and just you know understanding bitcoin and 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 um being in the bitcoin space as a bitcoiner i'm forever sort of churning over bitcoin in in my mind and that's true i think for a lot of people that that are in in the bitcoin ecosystem but on top of that you've also um have got a company that you're trying to trying to manage and and and, and obviously doing a very good job at Uh, being a success at that so when, when, when do you get downtime and I remember you was talking about your um, studies uh, in psychology um, is there any insight you can give us as in, in the Bitcoin space about how to stay mentally um, <laughs> capable and, and not lose ourselves down the Bitcoin rabbit hole yeah that's a very important topic I think to to, to stay mentally kind of sane <laughs> Uh, because as you said, like you can, it's it's easy to to burn out because you just um, all all the time you want to think about Bitcoin, you want to think about uh, the business and how to make it better and more successful, and you want to be on social media interacting with everyone. You want you want to do all this, um, but you should also sleep. You should also eat. You should also uh, work out. Um, you should also take some holidays from time to time. You should also have a social environment with friends and family and a girlfriend maybe. So it, it's really hard to um, juggle all these different uh, aspects of life. But I think 
partly in the psychology uh, studies and also just in life. Um, I, I've learned, at least for myself, that it's super important to have a balance between these things. So there are these people, like let's let's say Elon Musk, that basically just have one mission and then 24-7 just do this and they don't burn out somehow. But I think for most of us, we need this um, diversification of, of things and we need to change our minds and try to get into different modes where we don't think about these other things. So the mind can actually rest. And a lot of times I think good ideas uh, as well are coming from these times you are resting. Uh, there's a lot of studies on how important sleep is, for example, like to have actually eight or nine hours of sleep. If you have a job, like a, a very demanding job, like, like being a CEO is, is, is just a, a requirement. Basically, there's so many people that are having demanding jobs that, that sleep five, six hours a night and they can, they can get by. But they, there's also studies that show that they're basically almost like drunk. So they have the same um, mental state as if you have like one promille. So if you drank like three or four beers um, the whole day. So how can you make good decisions? How can you be productive? How can you manage people, other people's time if, if you're in this mental state of basically being drunk, right? Um, so yeah. one big job of... I think a CEO or an entrepreneur or whoever has a very demanding job with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of stress is to be able to manage yourself, to manage your time and to manage your energy. This is something I, I constantly work on. I try to read a lot on how to improve there. I try to have mentors uh, telling me what how, how this how this works. Um, and so really it, it is about, yes, having eight to 10 hour work days where you are very productive in these time, but then also being able to make the cut and like this work-life balance and do other things. Like I try to work out four times a week. I try to have at least two, if not three evenings with my girlfriends, uh, at least one evening with my friends. Um, at least one evening with my family and then that's already all the evenings right um I, I try to travel from time to time as well um i try to eat uh well i try to sleep eight hours every night but i think these are the time the, the things that if you want to do this on the long run i mean you can get by one or two years right but if you want to do this mm. for 10 years it's it's a necessity you need to manage uh, yourself and you need to get this balance and creating a startup building a startup startup especially in such a dynamic uh, ever changing uh, industry like bitcoin there's also nascent still so there's so much volatility and uncertainty everywhere especially there it is really a marathon and not a sprint and so you want to be you want to be prepared and it's 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 up to you to to take this responsibility and work on it basically every day and I guess it's not only the, um, so having your schedule in place with like your private life, social life and your work, I guess, especially in your work, there's a lot of, um, explanation in a sense again, cause, cause I imagine a lot of your investors are probably crypto investors and not Bitcoin only investors. So I kind of imagine you have to re say a lot of stuff over and over again, or sort of reassure people of relays vision. Um, or is that something with, with your investors? which was quite, which 
you were quite fortunate where you did not have to explain that you take up Bitcoin and then Solana and all of the other crap that's out there. Um, or is there always this question like when, whatever token? Yeah, so so one point is that we, we do have actually a, a big amount or a big portion of our investors are Bitcoin only. So they have oh, nice. understood that. But that's not by design. Like we, we, it's not necessarily because we were only looking to um, uh, to talk to these kind of investors. It's more like because they were in the end more interested in investing in us than mm. others because they just got it. Like they they have understood this long term uh, vision of Bitcoin and and we align very well with that. We have talked to a lot of uh, crypto and fintech investors and some of them invested in us, but most of them uh, ended up being more interested in, you know, DeFi and, mm. and, and NFTs and stuff like that. Um, so, and it, in the end, it's, I think, a good thing. Like if you don't see the world uh, in, in the same way, then you should not collaborate, right? Um, so that's that's one point. The other is, yes, we need to do a lot of explanation and mm. I think especially as a, as a CEO and as a startup in general, you need to uh, repeat this the same thing all over and all over again because you know you, you need to tell the world about your vision mm -hmm. the world doesn't know, doesn't know yet so you need to tell your employees your partners your investors the media your users um, influencers content creators the world you need to tell them all over and all over again. Um, this is by a lot of repetition. There are some interesting videos of um, the, these great idols that we all have, like uh, Jeff Bezos and and um, uh, Elon Musk and Job, uh, Steve Jobs as well, where they repeat and repeat and repeat like the same sentence mm -hmm. all over again for 10 or 20 years um you know it's the, that that's the job i think of, of of a leader to really bring a message uh alive um so yeah uh it's it's an interesting field to be in for sure like this bitcoin only uh, narrative is only just really getting started and when we were fundraising uh, it was definitely very hard uh to explain mm -hmm. And most of these investors in the end did not get it or did not uh, jump on this um, narrative. Um, so they said, no, there were uh, some exceptions. But as I said, maybe I think we have now more than 50% of really Bitcoin only uh, investors, both in kind of the angel investor part and also in the VC part. So uh, for example, um, Ego Death Capital, which is left, led by Jeff Booths and great advisors like uh, Lynn Alden and Preston Pish and all these guys. They're obviously a Bitcoin-only fund. Um, all like Mikulski from Fulgur Ventures, they're a Bitcoin-only fund um, and they're in our cap table. Uh, Lightning Ventures is a Bitcoin-only uh, angel syndicate. Mike Jarmuz, uh, they, they're invested in us. Um, Time Chain uh, which is also Time Chain Ventures, uh, led by Alex Mann, another Bitcoin-only uh, fund. They're all invested in us. We also have um, kind of more traditional general VCs like Red Alpine Ventures, who invested in N26, uh, the, the second biggest neobank in Europe with an 8 billion valuation. They are basically betting on us as their Bitcoin-only bet, but they also have crypto bets and other fintechs and like they invest also in medtech and a lot of other stuff. 
And then we have CapRead Capital, which is kind of in between. They're a crypto uh, fund, so they invest in a lot of crypto stuff, NFT, DeFi, whatever. But they also acknowledge that there's this Bitcoin-only uh, sector, this Bitcoin-only narrative that is growing in popularity. And they so they also want to have this Bitcoin-only bet. Uh, yeah. That's super encouraging and super bullish. And you've got some really great clients um under under your under your belt essentially and you know it's 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 great to to hear and um you've got like you said a rock star team behind you and it was a, a pleasure to have met your team over in prague um just the week just gone and it's very clear to me that um you're all very hard working and diligent in what you do and passionate um with with the mission of of relay and essentially, you've got a powerhouse of of people um, that are, uh, you know, very um, recognizable in in the space amongst Bitcoins. Because I was watching from afar, and um, there's there's a lot of recognition for for the Relay team. So well done to you and all the hard work. And like you said, that diligence and repetitiveness of of the message that you're trying to put out there is obviously paying off. Um, and um, yeah, apart from the fact that, you know, one particular member of your team, he he um, invests in, in animals that don't produce a yield. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about uh, the uh, Arsene's chickens here and uh, how, how he's, he's brought into a scam uh, of hens that don't lay any eggs. <laughs> but no, you, you've got a great, you've got a great team behind you. So well done um, for you on that. <laughs> he also invests in cats, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a good guy it's, it's definitely a must follow on twitter satoshi baggins yes. yeah, yeah never, he's, never he's definitely one to follow yeah absolutely <laughs> and if you're ever at a conference hanging out with him just make sure that he has his lightning wallet with him and that he's ready to go because sometimes he tends to wander off and uh, leave you in the dark um <laughs> I hope he sees this. Uh, I think he'll have a smile on his face. <laughs> talking of lightning, um, and, and you were talking about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and mentioned Steve Jobs. There's this whole thing coming out at the moment with, with Apple and uh, lightning payments. Um, is there anything that's going to affect you there? And, and what are your thoughts about this new approach that Apple are now starting to block all these apps? Yeah, it already happened to us, actually. I think we were the pioneer there. <laughs> we were the first. Uh, I don't know if there's something we can be proud of, uh, but we were the I first. Think so. to... I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good. We were the first to be blocked and delisted, but also wow. relisted. And, and now we're approved again in certain countries, at least. <laughs> so we have done this journey already, which now probably... Damus and Zeus and whoever other um, uh, applications have this trouble now, they need to go through it. Um, it's very unfortunate. Um, some people say, well, this is part of Operation Chokes Point. Others say that this is just Apple being super um, diligent and cautious about uh, regulation. Um, and, you know, I don't know, probably the... the um, truth lies somewhere in between but uh, so yeah our story there was that it, it all began after the FTX uh, collapse and like Celsius block file this big mess uh, end of last year in like November I think they it was the first time that they approached us 
and they said basically look we need uh, we, we, we're blocking you so you cannot uh, release any new updates until you have provided sufficient uh, proof that you're actually able to legally operate in these uh, all these European countries who are like okay no worries we can deliver like our Swiss license and the legal opinion of a lawyer that says basically okay this company with this license they can operate in whole Europe bam done we submitted it and we thought like okay this couple of days and then they will let us release again well that was unfortunately not uh, the case um, it's very it turned out to be very hard to communicate with Apple uh, it's a very one-sided uh, communication and you wait a long time until you get some any feedback um, so a couple of weeks later when we finally got a feedback they said oh okay yeah this is fine but this is not enough we also need this and that so we had a long dia dialogue until February uh, this year and then in February they finally said okay you're approved you can go could so we can we could do another release um, but one week later we got the same message again that we got in november uh, so they they started the whole process again so this also shows you like how they are organized it's a huge company and it's, it's a big mess um, and obviously they have to check thousands hundreds of thousands maybe millions of these apps so it, it's hard for them as well i understand but it, it's very frustrating so we had to start this whole process again but this time they didn't accept uh, what we delivered so in april actually after a lot of back and forth they just blocked and delisted us so not only we could not uh, uh, release new versions of the app which is already bad for us obviously they just delisted us from all the stores like the whole apps we will not be found in any app store in any country not even in switzerland where we have our headquarters and our main license right they just delisted us um, so uh, 100,000 plus devices had our app but they could not do any update and no one else could just download the app, right? So this is obviously very bad for our business and for our reputation and everything. Um, so we went back and uh, we got, I think after two weeks, we got at least Switzerland released again with our Swiss license. It's very obvious that we are able to operate here. Um, and then they said, okay, for all the other countries, you need to provide us with a legal memo or legal opinion from a local law firm in this country for every country separately. So we started with uh, Germany. I paid a shitload of money to some law firm that created us this uh, legal memo and then it was accepted by Apple like three weeks later or something. It take, all takes a long time. Okay, so we're back in Germany. Now we did the same for Austria, which is also fine. We are now working on the same for, for Italy, which is also an important market. But we will need to stop at like a handful of markets, right? We cannot do this for 40 countries. It would be way too much effort and way too expensive. But at least we got out of it like somehow. At least we have a way to you know, get back to the most important markets. But we will not get back to all 40 European countries on the App Store Remember that for Android, everything's fine. Like they didn't care. <laughs> for Android, we were still alive in all these 40 countries. It's all fine. So it's not a, a regulatory thing. It's really an Apple policy thing. Uh, they want to do this. They don't have to do this. Um, um, but then on the long run, we will basically, so we will do this now. We will unlock the most important countries, which may be like five in Europe. And for the rest, we are waiting um, until we have the Mika license. So we start applying soon for the Mika license this 
will take nine to 12 months. And with this EU-based license, not the Swiss license, the EU license, this will be accepted by Apple. It will enable us to actively market in all the European countries. Um, and then with this, we should be fine again. But it's a big trouble. So uh, imagine like this is not something for small apps that just want to do some lightning mm -hmm. stuff they don't have these licenses you know they don't have all all of these resources these legal and compliance uh, people in-house that we have um so it's definitely a very bad uh, development for the whole bitcoin and crypto industry and i imagine you were sort of sitting between you know two rows because at the one end you sort of had to wait for mika because we knew it was coming but they always delayed it um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to get into how, how, how punctual Brussels is. Um, and then on the other hand, you sort of had like, well, we can show you all of these legal waivers and such, but like, we're not going to pay like probably tens of thousands just for a signed copy by a lawyer. Um, so there's a weird timing in between. Did that so somehow, is um, Apple a big um, part of your user base? So, or is it more or less split between Android and, and iOS? It's pretty much 50-50. Okay. Uh, I think a little bit, Bit, like I think maybe 55% Android even and 45% oh, nice. Apple but it's, it's pretty much 50-50 and it also changes depending like sometimes like I think it, um, it at the beginning it was a bit more Apple focus and I think mm -hmm. lately it became a bit more Android focus but in the end it's 50-50 and uh, yeah the, these two platforms really have a monopoly uh, mm -hmm. or, or, or you know a very without them it's it's super hard to scale if you, yeah. if you want to scale only on one or even on none of them as a mobile app you're not going to make it you need both um and so yeah they have a lot of power they do they have the ability to restrict uh, or, or slow down a whole industry uh, unfortunately um and the only way out is to get more regulated Sorry, Julian, What's, what do you think has been their motivation for doing all this? I don't know. Either either there's really an agenda to work together with um, governments to try to you know, keep this industry low or like to try to you know, suppress this development of Bitcoin and crypto. This could be so not to lose for, for the elites, for um, the governments and the central banks. They would work together with these big app platforms to suppress the development of an independent money because they would lose power if they would just let this go. So And they know they cannot just um, uh, criminalize it at this point. It's It's hard to just ban it. Now it's it's coming too far. So there's other way they they're exploring other ways to stop it. That would be like the you know the the, the approach of or the idea of okay they have an agenda. Um, the other is maybe they're just very prudent um, and they don't want to get into legal trouble. That's why they uh, take um, a pioneer uh, spot and you know before even mika and sec and these these guys come and say hey you need to check all these apps they take a, a prudent and forward-looking approach and already check the apps before so that they only have the quote-unquote clean um very regulated apps uh, on on the store so that they can basically you know keep a, a, a white a white file you know what i mean so mm -hmm. 
I don't know what it is. It could be both. I, I think I think it's more the second though. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm not much into you know conspiracy conspiracy theory um, because then in that case also Google and also mm. a lot of big banks and like it would be a more coordinated uh, approach with media and everything here i see it it's it's only kind of apple that is doing it and google is not doing it at all so i feel like it's more a a legal compliance strategy um from apple Um, Mm. but i'm not sure i would be interested also to hear your your thoughts and or or maybe others Uh, i'm not i'm not sure why exactly they're doing it they also don't say it i think it's just on us to assume what it could be i think it's a bit a mix of both because um i was actually just finishing up an article about the very topic with like damers and sues and these things and when i researched i saw okay with sues for example you know when you like submit the app like you can basically add descriptions like what did you update and all of these things um and they did not understand how my basically stuff on the lightning network works for that matter and they thought Zeus was like a exchange when in fact they are a um they're not even they're not in the wallet they just provide you the opportunity to connect your node and and other connection points in the lightning network um so i think a big part of it is unknowingness by apple sort of how stuff works which is understandable like tech evolves 24 7 these days so it's hard to keep up and i think it's what you said they they want to be on the safer side of things um they don't want to submit another celsius or another luna whatever um Mm -hmm. you know and and sort of be be part of the the whole scapegoat thing because if like you users lose money what's the first two things they approach it's probably the company and and probably like apple like hey why did you let this app on here um but i'm curious if it happens again so let's say for example it would happen on google what were your learnings out of the whole apple situations are you thinking of like damers is probably thinking now a web-based solution or what are sort of the, the learnings and takeaways from your end um, yeah, we think we thought about that, um, but it, it's just a very different product in the end, right? Um, and it's another target audience you would you would go after. Most people that have the app, the mobile app today, um, wouldn't really take the offer uh, of oh hey, the, the mobile app is not working anymore. Here, use the web app. It's just really not the same. And I really believe that the future is mobile. Um, it's already, I mean, even the presence is, is mobile. It's with, with almost every fintech app, like let's take Revolut as an example. Um, you know, they they have 80% of their activity is really mobile. Uh, same with Bitpanda, like the Coinbase, the big exchanges. They 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 are used on on the mobile, um, not that much. Only as like a complementary service, they they're also web based. Um, but I I don't think that's necessarily an alternative. I don't think we could have done anything else to prevent it um, from from happening. It's really. You're just, if you want to be mobile, that's unfortunately how the world is today, then you need to deal with these two um, big kind of monopoly companies uh, and Mm. and platforms because they basically, they own the hardware and they own the the, the platform, which is crazy actually if you think about it, that um, the, the, the way applications are brought to 
the 8 billion people in the world is really dominated by two players. But that's unfortunately how it is. Of course, you can you know, move into a web application framework. You can move into decentralized app um, platforms. Um, you can do in, you go into alternative app platforms. But 99% of the activity mm -hmm. is just on these two others. Um, so unfortunately, I maybe my learning was that we are just slaves of these. In the end, as a company, there's really nothing you, you, you can do. Like Coinbase, for example, is now starting this war with SCC. Mm. Uh, look, it's not gonna go. It's not gonna end well. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> they are too big. It's it's not even David versus Goliath. It's really, it's really, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's really like, a, yeah, it's 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 a truck against a, a cycle or something. Yeah, exactly. There's no way you don't even don't even try to fight them. We also thought about oh we can go public. We have a thirty thirty thousand plus uh, followers on Twitter. Like let's let's spread some hate on Apple and stuff. They don't give a shit. They don't mm -hmm. care. They are too big. Um, they don't care whether we are in the App Store with our two hundred thousand app downloads or not. You know, really not. They have the full power. So either you work with them. You get regulated, um, and 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 this takes some time, and uh, maybe it will destroy parts of your business in the meantime. Um, but there's just no other way. I would like, like I have a very libertarian and uh, crypto anarchist um, uh, view of the world, so I would like to have it in a different way. I would like to mm. see the world developing in a different way, but unfortunately, if we're honest with ourselves, it's just we're at the mercy of these big platforms, and the only way um, to offer our service, and Bitcoin for that matter, uh, to uh, millions of people is through these um, app stores, is through the traditional banking system as well. We need to integrate with traditional finance as well, and we need to get highly regulated. Mm. It's un yeah. unfortunately otherwise you will just we would just stay a niche player. I think this is what a lot of people in the Bitcoin space and on Bitcoin Twitter often confuse. I see it because I still have a few gold clients, so I saw it in the gold world, or I had to learn it, where the asset, which you, you could look at Bitcoin as an asset, as a network, whatever, but fact of the matter is regulators look at it as like, oh, I can trade this stuff for a price, so it's an asset. Um, luckily, they seem to get that it, it's more commodity-based and not a security, so mm -hmm. that's good on us. Um, that thing can be unregulated, but you have to regulate the on and off ramps. And in that matter, you sort of have to provide guidelines and frameworks and these things. So I think inevitably we'll lead down this road where you will have, you know, like you guys, regulated on ramps. Um, you're also an off ramp, right? I never yep. pay out of it. I just buy what you guys, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, cool. So you can both bo go both ways. Um, maybe, especially in Europe, we get lucky because I think one of the proposals with Apple was that they also offer some form of APK solution like Google is doing. Mm -hmm. um, so who knows? That might solve your problem. But I think it's an, it's an interesting aspect to look at it and go, well, either way, you're kind of screwed. So instead of fighting it because you lose anyway try and find your way in the system and, and get going, which from the themes of it, like you managed to get up in the most important countries. So now we just go one step at a time. Exactly. Do you see a future where 
it will be less of a David versus Goliath battle. And do you, do you see if a vision of future where there'll be a less dominance um, in, in this kind of space? Or do you think they would just become a bigger beast? No, I think especially with um, Bitcoin uh, dominating more and more and becoming more and more prevalent, um, the the decentralization of power as well will move forward. The separation of uh, money and state um, is definitely taking a lot of power away uh, from the state, from governments. Um, not sure about the app stores. Um, there we would need to build more decentralized uh, foundations, like, for example, maybe Noster uh, is doing Um but, but not sure because the the network effects of these big tech players just so advanced uh, in in uh, the in, like the internet is so monopolized. I, I have a hard time really realistically thinking that this will change soon. But what I'm sure will change is that the, the power of the state will go down because people trust the state less, and the state will lose. Um, the, the the monopoly on uh, money so they will also not be able to finance all this shit forever um, and therefore um, I see I see definitely uh, a, a future where the bitcoiners um, and and this this will be the majority of, of the people like the people itself that hold Bitcoin um, have more power and have more uh, a say of what kind of regulations they think make sense and whatnot because right now it's basically a small elite of um, politicians and kind of political leaders and central banks that are making uh, these regulatory decisions, it will become more democratic uh, because they it, it now basically it's voted by dollars and dollars can be printed by these guys. So they print their own voting tickets, right? Um, with Bitcoin, it's proof of work. You need to you need to earn it. You need to um, pay, pay for it with a real asset, and uh, then it, the voting tickets will be much harder to get and much more distributed. And actually, these guys that have them now in ten years will have uh, it's not the same guys that will have the majority of Bitcoin. So that's why I think Bitcoin is really changing the world to to a better. It will make a more democratic system. Um, mm and and a society that will be more independent and less uh dominated by the governments and also by the financial system the banks uh the third um big big monopoly there the the, the app stores i'm not sure if that will change um that much um but let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest. I, the only thing I'm sure is that everything is good for Bitcoin, and Bitcoin will make its way and will create a better uh, future. How exactly um, startups and uh, entrepreneurs and businesses are still on the mercy of regulators? I think it will also change to the better. I mean, it will decrease, mm. um, but it's definitely not going away. Like in the next ten years, there will still be um, these bigger players that are kind of moats that are gatekeepers um unfortunately yeah i guess we'll always if you actually go down the bitcoin rabbit hole you you it lowers your time preference we all know this but it also lowers sort of your 
vision of the world, I guess, because you do see like, okay, we're not going to get there in 10 years, even if we all would love it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can all use lightning these days, most of us. We would love to have our coffee shops accepted, but people are just not there yet and they'll take their time. But I think a big part we can do play a role in is sort of how we present Bitcoin. And what I wanted to ask you, Julian, as a Bitcoin CEO, how do you feel sometimes if you see other like big name Bitcoin CEOs like Corey with Swan, for example, who are very vocal, very out there, um, sometimes almost like punching people in the face yeah. virtually. Um, what is sort of your persona there? Are you a bit more laid back? Do you wish to be more out there? Or what do you think about this? Yeah, so I think it would definitely be better for the business if I would be more <laughs> like Corey, if I would be more out there. Uh, that's also how he's like, <laughs> I have, uh, what, 8,000 followers on Twitter. He has like 210 whatever K. <laughs> so this shows you uh, how, how successful he is. And he, he gets quoted in Wall Street Journal, um, New York Times, and he, he's on CNBC talking about Bitcoin and stuff like that. So that I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, but the tactics, how to get there, um, I don't think it's necessarily my persona, uh, to mm. shit on people. Um, even, even if I really don't agree with, um, what they are doing, like shit coiners, for example, I don't think like, I, I'm not, the, I'm not the personality to, to do this. Uh, I, I'm rather kind of positive rather than negative. Um, but I should, and also I'm, I'm not active enough on social media. I feel like I'm quite active, but still, um, I should do much more. Um, I say things that I, I feel like I have a say and I need to say this and, uh, but you know, I, I think I'm not really made for this kind of CEO. There's different, Mm -hmm. um, ways how to be a CEO and like a public figure. I like to have, um, you know, at conferences, presentations, uh, I like to do education. I like to, uh, speak out loud developments that I see in the world, like economic developments, Bitcoin, uh, related developments. For example, I like to talk about this whole, uh, commodity versus security token, uh, like development from us, from the SEC that is going on and what implications this will have on the industry. So I'd rather try to take a thought leader position but that's very hard but uh, this is the, the the road i would like to take and where i feel more comfortable as well than to be very mobilizing polarizing uh, and and also use a lot of negativity to get um, more attractive for, for or, or to to attract more attention uh, from social media followings even though i think the latter would probably be better in the end, maybe for the business. Um, but that's it. You never know. I think it's it's more important as as a CEO. You're also at the face of a company, and it's important to do uh, things um, in in a way that you know feels comfortable and you're authentic. You need to be authentic because your face basically gives the the brand also a face. And if I would try to you know, artificially change my personality, people would know and it would feel, it would feel awkward for people. So I, I just try to do my thing and hope it's going to be successful um, in the end. And I think on the long run, uh, just being yourself and being true to your values that have brought you already far will also bring you further. You're muted, mate. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was such a beautiful statement I made as well. <laughs> uh, it was along the lines of stay humble and um, lead well, or something like that, I said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. Um, so when, when, when can we expect some lightning um, from, from Relay? Yeah, look, so, okay. We, we are trying um, to do our best to implement it still this year. That's what I can say. And ideally, we would be ready to announce something in Lugano, end of October. But, uh, you know, um, putting this out there, uh, the team is working hard on it. But it's also not only on us. Um, it's also on the partner that we have chosen for for this. We, we cannot do this alone. It's actually a huge project to um, stay non-custodially um, and also integrate lightning with you know at scale with thousands or tens of thousands of users it's not easy so that's why we want to take our time we want to evaluate the best partner um, we want to wait until this partner is really like not just in beta or something when it's really ready and this is still gonna take a couple of weeks months from now um, and then we want to integrate it correctly. And uh, so we, we are happy to take our time if the end result is really perfect. And for us, perfect means it's super user friendly. It feels like just, you know, a couple of clicks transacting. Um, and it's, but it's at the same time also non-custodial. This is important for us from an idealistic point of view, but also from a legal point of view, because we, it, the same thing that now happens to the, all of these security tokens altcoins um on custodial exchanges will also happen to custodial bitcoin so it's going to be over regulated mika and the sec and everything's going to crack down on custodial uh, services much more than on non-custodial ones um so that's why we want to do it right and we're taking a bit more time but ideally you will hear more in an announcement uh, about Relay plus Lightning end of October at the Lugano Plan B Forum conference. We're looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we can't wait. And um, is it before we uh, finish the episode, and it's been a very interesting one, so thank you for your time. But has there been anything that we should have asked you that we we didn't? No, I think when Lightning is, is the one that I was waiting for and now you asked it. <laughs> There you go. This, is, this case, is the community's uh, first priority question. But no, otherwise, yeah. I think uh, it was a very, very good episode. We covered a lot of ground here. Uh, so thank you for the great uh, moderation and interviews. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Uh, Joel, anything? Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, I guess, Relay on Twitter, Relay. Um, our send is everywhere on Twitter, on social. So just uh, yeah, look for Relay online. Um, um, what's your Twitter handle, Julian? I'm at Julian linegar i think maybe it's at julian underscore linegar um, <laughs> before we post the impersonator <laughs> I can i'll just put yeah, it in yeah, the show I notes have quite some impersonators but you will i think you will find out it's underscore actually so it's at julian underscore linegar there you go perfect. perfect it was great having you on and um hope to uh, meet soon again and who knows maybe maybe discover the lightning possibilities on relay <laughs> all right let's do it thank you very much guys for having me on have a great rest of your day talk soon take care See you soon.